0: Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. In Romans chapter 15, the Apostle Paul declared, I know that when I come to you, I will come in the full measure of the blessing of Christ. Do you have a desire to bring the blessing of Jesus Christ wherever you go? Is the name of Jesus consistently on your heart and mind and on your lips? There is no greater privilege in our lives than being a blessing to others in Jesus Christ. Let's open our Bible now to Romans chapter 15 and learn how we too can come and go in the full measure of the blessing of Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another teaching. It's a Monday afternoon here in Texas. It's just a good day. It's a hot 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 texas day which means it's a good day to be loving on jesus spending time with jesus growing in know jesus growing in the word of god thank you lord jesus all right Stephen and i are here at the studio and just uh ready to finish up romans 15. thank you lord jesus father we thank you for your word we thank you for your mercy we Thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We, we thank you for our Bible, Father. We thank you for this incredible book of Romans, Father. Father, we thank you. But above all that, Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior, our only Master and King. Lord Jesus, we worship you. We thank you. We praise you today. We thank you for your mercy and goodness on our lives. We thank you for living for us We thank you for dying for us. We thank you that you're alive and risen. And we worship you and thank you today, Lord Jesus, our risen Savior. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we finish up Romans 15. We ask you to give us eyes that see, ears that hear, hearts that understand. In Jesus' name and and for Jesus' sake, amen and amen. All right. All right. Romans 15. And uh, we're going to do 25 to 33. All right. Paul speaking, and he says in verse 25, Now, however, I am on my way to Jerusalem and the servants of the saints there. For Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. They were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have shared in the Jews spiritual blessings... They owe it to the Jews to share with them their material blessings. So after I've completed this task and have made sure that they have received this fruit, I will go to Spain and visit you on the way. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the full measure of the blessing of Christ. I urge you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Pray that I may be rescued from the unbelievers in Judea and that my service in Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints there so that by God's will, I may come to you with joy and together with you be refreshed. The God of peace be with you all. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. All right. So again, Paul is just, uh, is giving, uh, you know, is giving the, the, you know, the Romans, his, uh, his itinerary here, right? Um, he's telling them what's going on. Um, and, and again, this is a good example as well, right? He's not, not hiding anything, right? He's putting it in here. Sometimes, you know, there are, just, there are folks that just keep everything tight to the hip, okay? Here's the point. Other people's business ought to be tied to the hip. You ought to be able to be told something in confidence and, you know, you ought not, you ought not share it. OK, um, you ought not gossip about it. Um, you ought not share things uh, that, you know, with your spouse or your children that are other people's business, other people's concerns. Um, it's, it's, it's wrong. It's sinful. And for a lot of people, that's hard to hear. OK, if if a brother or sister to you comes to you in confidence and they're having a tremendous struggle or let's say they're caught up in some sin, it's not for you to tell your wife and your children about all the wrong that they're doing. Okay, um, you want to you want to use discernment. If you have a sister in Christ that comes to you and shares just this problem she's going through, she doesn't want your husband to know. Okay, if she wanted him to know, she would have told y'all when you were together. Okay, and again, this is a this is a subtle thing that the enemy has brought into the the body of Christ where we legitimize sharing. Other people's things that are going on in their lives, things that have been entrusted to us with our spouses or our children, and it's not the will of God. Okay, I'm not saying you can't you can't say anyone. If you're going to share something uh, with your spouse, you ought to say to the person, "Is it okay if I share this with my spouse?" Now, listen. Instead of making an excuse, because anyone who hears this now is going to start to think, "Man, I've shared things," and certainly I'm guilty of this. You're going to think I've shared things with my spouse, and 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 instead of just making excuses for it, just say you know what, yeah, it is wrong, right? If a brother tells me something in in confidence, my my wife doesn't need to know, right? Um, or if you're a woman and a sister tells you something in confidence, you know what, y- your husband doesn't need to know, okay? Um, now again, if you feel you need to share it, you ought to you ought to let them know that you know what is is it okay, okay? But but but. Everything you know, everything that's told you in the Lord is not the concern or business of your spouse. Now, listen, I'm not talking about inappropriate things here, okay? I'm talking about genuine, serious issues of confidence, Um, and we need to hold on to that. But when things are not, right, when it comes to our own lives, Paul is sharing with the whole world here. He's writing in Romans just what his whole itinerary is. So everybody knows it, right? There are things where consistently, you know, I'll, I'll be talking to people or I'll ask them something and, you know, it, they'll be, you know, they'll be reticent to tell me their plans or it's like it's a secret or something. If that's something that that, that, that you have a habit of doing, of consistently thinking that your life is a secret, again, that's, that's an area of, uh, to, to evaluate, okay? Whatever it is you're doing, right? Someone who's walking with Christ ought to be able to freely tell you whatever's going on in their life. I'm not telling you there's not a time for discernment, but look what Paul does here. Verse 25. Now, however, and he's writing this to the, the, the Christians in Rome. Now, however, I am on my way to Jerusalem and the servants and the servants and the service of the saints there. He's going to explain what that means. Verse 26. For Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the saints in Jerusalem, and so the the Christians, the Jews who had received Christ as their Lord and Savior, were going through extremely difficult times. Okay, um, they they were poor, they were struggling, they didn't have enough food. Okay, and so Paul was asking Gentile Christians, those in those who weren't Jewish, where he was, where Paul was serving and teaching them, right, um, in Macedonia and Achaia. Paul solicited them for, you know, to give to their poor brothers and sisters uh, that were in Jerusalem, okay? Um, And so Paul says in verse 25, now, however, I am on my way to Jerusalem. He's going to Jerusalem before he goes to Rome in the service of the saints there. And what he means in the service, again, is he's going to, to serve the poor Jewish Christians that are in Jerusalem. He's going to serve them with an offering that he's collected from the Christians, the Gentile Christians in Macedonia and Achaia. Um, And he's sharing this openly, right, To to the whole church in Rome, right? Verse 26, for Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. Look at verse 27. They were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have shared in the Jews spiritual blessings, they owe it to the Jews to share with them their material blessings. Now, what is this saying? Okay. This is important. There is a misunderstanding in in elements and parts of the church, which is to say that, you know, if someone is a Jewish Christian, right, and they have children that don't have enough food or or, or their family is struggling, then they ought to be a bigger priority than say, you know, than someone who's, you know, who's non-Jewish, like people in India or in Africa or in whatever parts of the world where their families are struggling, okay? It's not saying that Jewish Christians are a bigger priority than non-Jewish Christians. What Paul is simply saying here is that at this time the Jewish Christians had been a uh had been had been serving the Gentile Christians. Paul himself was Jewish, Peter was Jewish, all the apostles were Jewish, okay? Jesus was Jewish, and so they were actively serving The the Christians, you know, um, the Jewish Christians were serving the Gentile Christians. So he says that, you know, first of all, they were pleased to do it. Okay, they were happy to do it. They wanted to be a blessing for these Jewish Christians had been serving the Gentile Christians. They were pleased to do it. But then he goes on to say, and indeed, they owe it to them. That's a very strong phrase. They owe it to them. Okay. So there, there is a certain responsibility that we have. Okay. That when we have an abundance, okay, to be generous to those who are less needy, I mean, I'm sorry, who are more needy, particularly in the body of Christ. Now, what am I saying here? I'm not saying that people who are more needy because they have lived a lifestyle that's, that's far above their means. They've gotten in trouble over and over and over again. And there, there's there, there's all kinds of problems in their management and stewardship. Um, you know, they're buying expensive cars, expensive houses They're You know, they have a spending issues and problems. OK, that's a whole other deal. OK, um, but even those people. Right. If they're struggling with food and stuff like that. Yes, you, you, you want to help them. OK, no one needs to go hungry all right? But particularly people, you know, who, who are struggling. They're not living above their means. They're just, they're working hard. They're struggling to put food on the table. They're brothers and sisters in Christ. There ought to be a heart, right? Uh, every money, every every penny in the world belongs to Jesus. He owns everything. Psalm 24, 1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Everything belongs to Jesus. We are merely stewards of it. So. When we find particularly brothers and sisters in Christ, but, but anyone, there ought to be a heart. You ought to have a, a generosity about you, okay? And, and this is independent of your giving to the kingdom of God. You, have, you ought to have a lifestyle where you're, you're giving, you know, 10, 12, 14, who knows, percent of your, of your income to the work of the gospel, right? And giving it to ministries that are doing the work of the gospel, the work of... Of, of of discipleship, giving it to churches that are that are not only fervently fervently preaching the word of God, but are but are actively making disciples. Right, they're following the Great Commission. Um, and, and individuals, okay, um, our biblical giving, you know, can go to churches and go to ministries and go to individuals that are, that are doing the work of the gospel, where you're being fed, where you're being discipled, where you're being held accountable, where you're being exhorted and encouraged. And and far more than just on Sunday mornings. Certainly, that's a good thing to be in church on Sunday morning. But, but leadership ought to be involved in your life throughout the week. OK, um, but then in addition to that giving, there, there ought to be a, a heart of generosity just towards those who are who are not as fortunate. And here here in the West, OK, we are we are we are we are blessed like no one in history has ever been. Okay, we 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 have an abundance that there's no words. And not only in the West, okay. My wife is from Singapore. I mean, y'all are just bam, everybody prospering, okay? Um, and in the countries all over the world, all over Europe, right? Um, I, I work with with extremely faithful men of God in India and in Africa, and and they're not doing well, okay? Um, and so we're I'm continually working with them. But Paul says they were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. Strong phrase, owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have shared in the Jews spiritual blessings, they owe it to the Jews to share with them their material blessings. So again, the, the Jewish people had been serving uh, the Gentiles and, and helping the Gentile communities and growing in Christ. Certainly that was done through Paul, through the apostles. And so, you know, there, are, there ought to be a give and take. And you, and you can see here that, that often we... Often we have a mindset that material blessings are more valuable than spiritual blessings. And really nothing could be, could be more wrong. Okay. We, we ought to have a greater desire for, for spiritual blessings. We ought to have a far greater desire for, 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 to, 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 to walk in increasing the grace of God and to know the grace of God and the mercy of Jesus just to, 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 to really grow in Bator in the things of the spirit and the things of the word of God. Uh, when we, uh, you know, when, when Stephen and I met today to, uh, you know, we talked for about a half an hour, he, you know, he was bringing up again, a desire that he has to grow, uh, just to, you know, to be, uh, 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 to be, to be stronger in theology, to, To be a better theologian he wants to be a biblical scholar he was telling me and so we were we were talking about all the tenets of that and the time and the effort and the study that 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 goes into that right just to uh to to really know the word of god to understand the doctrines of scripture um to to pick them apart and the you know i've worked on it up 26 years and you know i got a long way to go um but that's a good thing. That's a, that is a good thing to desire those spiritual blessings. But generally, we, we think more of material blessings, regrettably, than we do spiritual blessings. And Paul says, for if the Gentiles have shared in the Jews spiritual blessings, they owe it to the Jews to share with them their material blessings. And this is a scriptural principle. Okay. This is a scriptural principle that I spoke about how we do our, our giving, our tithing, you know, into the kingdom of God. Where you are being fed spiritually, you ought to look to, to share and bless and support, uh, uh, physically or materially or financially, uh, you know, whether it be churches or ministries or individuals, right? All right. Boom. Verse 28. So after I have completed this task and have made sure that they have received this fruit, I will go to Spain and visit you on the way. So what's he saying? Macedonia and Achaia They gave the offering. It left their hands. It got into Paul's hands, okay? But it wasn't finished yet because it wasn't for Paul. Paul was was a trustworthy conduit to give it to him, and he was going to pass it on entirely to the poor Jews in Jerusalem to to help them with with their needs and to put food on the table and health needs or whatever it was, right? So after I've completed this task, so before I come to you, Romans, before I go to, to Rome, so after I've completed this task and have made sure that they've received this fruit, why does he call it fruit? All right. Our giving, when we, when we give into the work of the kingdom of God, we're, we're bearing fruit. Okay. It, it's an important aspect of bearing fruit for the kingdom of God. In, in John 15, Jesus said, you know, I've called you to bear fruit fruit that will last. Okay. We're called to be fruit bearers. Okay. We're called to bear fruit. So Paul says, so after I've completed this task and made sure that they have received this fruit, okay, the fruit again is the the giving, the offering, the financial offering made by Macedonia and Achaia for the poor Jews in Jerusalem. All right. So he wants to complete it. It wasn't finished. And, And all of us ought to have that heart, right? If somebody gives us right? Some money, right? Um, And it's entrusted to to get to another place. We ought not be satisfied till that money gets there, right? Um, I will go to Spain and visit you on the way. So it's interesting. Paul is planning. Remember, he has a desire to consistently go. Jesus is urging him personally to go where the gospel has never been preached, okay? You and I consistently are sharing the gospel and called to share the gospel over and over where it has been preached. One is not better than the other, but Paul's particular call at this time, very few people around the world had heard or understood the gospel. So he was consistently going to places that never heard of Jesus, didn't understand what it meant to be sinful, to need a savior, and that... God, the son, Jesus became a human man for them, lived a perfect, righteous life on their behalf, died a torturous death on their behalf. uh, And, you know, rescued them from eternal hell and would deliver them and bring them to heaven if they would put their faith and trust in Jesus. Right. And so just that understanding of their need of Christ um, to avoid an eternity at hell separated from God, the father, God, the son, Jesus, and God, the Holy spirit. They had never heard this. Okay. And so Paul's now wanting to go to Spain and he's planning to go to Spain, but things aren't going to work out as he's planned. Okay. Um, you know, he is going to make it to Jerusalem, but he's going to be arrested there and he's going to go to Rome as he, as he desired, but he's not going to go in the way he's, he desired. He's going to go handcuffed as a prisoner to Rome. For, for preaching the gospel, mind you. Verse 29, I know that when I come to you, I will come in the full measure of the blessing of Christ. This is just, this verse is off the chain, all right? This is a, this is a beautiful verse, right? I know that when I come to you, I will come in the full measure of the blessing of Christ. Golly. I mean, uh, there are no Pauls walking around today, okay? Um, you know, there are people who who may say things and things like that, but this apostle wrote half the new Testament. Okay. He is undoubtedly the greatest Christian to ever live. Okay. Um, you know, it's the only one the scripture says to follow. That's not God. Okay. Jesus is God, right? It's said of Paul, Paul says in, in Philippians, in uh, Philippians four, Whatever you've seen in me, whatever you've received from me, whatever you've learned from me, whatever you've heard from me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I mean, you gotta have your act wired tight to say that, right? Whatever you've seen in me, whatever you've received from me, whatever you've heard from me, whatever you have learned from me, Put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you as he's been with me. That's Philippians 4, verse 9, right? And then in, uh, I believe it's 1 Corinthians 11, 1, Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ, okay? Again, these are now bold statements that I've said, right? All of us should hope that we could grow in our walk, but this guy right here, okay, this is the guy you want to come to you. With the full measure of the blessing of Christ. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the full measure of the blessing of Christ. Now, that's just multiple things. I'm going to come in the power of Christ. I'm going to come in the love of Christ. And I'm going to come to be a blessing in Christ. Okay. So again, we don't have the measure of the power that Paul walked in. Okay. Uh, I, I dare to say none of us here who are listening to this. Maybe some of you have, right? But most of us have not laid hands on people and had them be raised from the dead. Most of us have not had, had dozens or hundreds of miraculous things done to them as Paul had, had done, right? And so Paul walked in a power, and an anointing, never seen, okay? Um, but, but all of us should desire that wherever we go, that we will come in the full measure of the blessing of Christ, meaning we're we're coming to be a blessing and it's the blessing of Christ. I can't say this enough and enough and enough. We need to have the name Jesus on our lips more and more. Any blessing we ever do. Okay? At kingdom discipleship our you know our uh our you know our our, our verse, right? Just our, our theme verse, right? Our ministry verse, okay? We're redoing the website. Got Kristen and uh, Nathan and then Stephen oversees all of it. Um, are building up the, the, this new website. And, and the theme verse, Colossians 3.17. Whatever you do, whatever you do. It's like everything, right? In word or deed. Okay, whatever I do in word or deed. That's like everything I do is either in word or deed. Do it all. Golly, this is Paul speaking as well. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let that verse sink in. I'm pausing so you let it sink in. A little deeper. We don't get it, okay? Not God, okay? There's nothing wrong with using the word God. It's not sin. But, but more and more and more and more. Absolutely in our preaching. OK, you ought to take the word God 80 percent of the time out of, out of your sermons and replace it with the name Jesus. OK, um, but but all of us as Christians, that's if you you preach or teach, but all of us as Christians ought to take how however time, how many times we use the word God or praying we say God, we ought to take 80 percent of those. If we say God 100 times, replace it with the name Jesus, 80 Okay, because there's power in the name Jesus. There's relationship in the name Jesus. And then, you know, if you only want to do 40, the other 40 times, say Heavenly Father or Holy Spirit. We have relationship, not with God. You don't have relationship with what he is. You have relationship with who he is. Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Right. You have relationship, a personal relationship is not as much with a being as it is a person. It's kind of deep now, right? Right. We have one God, one being, three distinct individual persons, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. And in Jesus, we have relationship with all of them, right? But again, more and more, right? I know that when I come, I will come in the full measure of the blessing of Christ, It's all about Jesus, right? Jesus ought to be on our tongues more and more and more and more and more and more and more. Golly, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Wherever we go, we ought to want to go in the full measure of the blessing of Christ. We we ought to want to be a blessing, but always for Jesus. We ought to want to be a blessing in in the things we say, in the things we do, in the things we share, in the way we serve, in the way we teach. Whatever it is we do, we we ought to desire to go in the full measure to be a blessing. And it's always in Christ, for Christ, through Christ, to Christ. It's all about Jesus. Bam. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Look at verse 30. I don't know what's wrong with Paul here? I urge you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ. By who? By our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. And he's talking about the Father there. Paul can't help but me- mention these members of the Trinity. He's got them all locked up there, right? Now, you could pray to God the Father, and you should pray to God the Son, Jesus and you should, and pray to God, the Holy Spirit. I promise you they don't get jealous. I promise you the Father doesn't look down and say, why are you talking to Jesus so much? Or, you know, know, Jesus doesn't look down and say, you know, you're talking to the Holy Spirit a lot, okay? They don't get jealous, okay? They are distinct individual persons. One being, one God, one what, three who's, right? One being, that's what he is, God. Who he is, God the Father, God, the Son, God, the the Holy Spirit, three separate distinct individual persons. And it's with a person that you have a personal relationship, right? I urge you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ, I urge you by our Lord Jesus Christ. It's urgent. And by the love of the Spirit, okay, by the, the Holy Spirit leads us into the love of Jesus Christ But look what he asked for here. And this is humbling. And man, I would really like, you know, anyone who listens to this, if you'd be willing to pray for me, I I would appreciate that. I was very moved by listening to Paul. Uh, there, There was power, as you just heard me talk about. There was grace, mercy, anointing, insight, understanding, revelation given to this man like almost no one in history. Okay. Jesus is the God man. Okay. That's a separate category, right? Paul wrote half the New Testament. And yet here he is asking for prayer from Christians he's never met. And, you know, from people that he is their teacher. Man, it really convicted me. I certainly want all the guys in our ministry and families. But if you're listening to this today and you're willing to pray to pray to the the Lord Jesus for me and uh, just whatever you feel led to pray and, you know, that I would teach more clearly, that I'd be better, that I'd be a little more reasonable, whatever you want to pray. But I I would appreciate it. I really would. And I and I thank you for that. I I really do want that. And again, I'm more convicted about it. I don't ask for prayer much, but I should. We all should. If anyone has, this man who's asking for this prayer has more power, more anointing, more everything than any Christian we've ever known in the history of the world ever. Jesus isn't, wasn't a Christian. Jesus is the Christ. And yet here he is urgently. I urge you brothers by the Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the spirit to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. And he means to God, the father. So again, I'll humbly ask again, if you, if you'd be willing to pray for me. And again, if I should come to your heart or just again, if you listen to this and you want to stop and, and say a prayer, uh, for me, I'm John Morton. I would, uh, I would, I would be thankful. And I mean that. I just, uh, and I mean it based on what I'm studying here. Because like I said, I, I, generally I feel like I'm doing pretty good. But here's a guy asking a church he's never been to, to pray for him. And, and he's walking in a relationship with the Lord that's so far infinitely ahead of everyone else. But yet he's still asking for prayer. I'll take all I can get. Verse 31, pray that I may be rescued from the unbelievers in Judea. And that my service in Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints there. So he knows that when he goes to Jerusalem, he's already been given a lot of problems. His life has already been threatened. So he asks for specifically, pray that I may be rescued from the unbelievers in Judea. Because there were Jews there that were wanting to kill him. And then he says, and that my service in Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints there, because sometimes the the Jewish Christians, he was worried that they would not, they would be too pride, they, they they would be, you know, too proud, so to speak, or too prideful, or they they would, you know, they would not think it's okay to accept help from Gentile Christians, right? And so Paul actually says, and just think about the depth of that prayer: pray that my service in Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints there. Just think about the depth of that prayer and the thoughtfulness of that prayer, that he could foresee this issue of this incredible, beautiful offering. And these people are, are hungry and needy, but, you know, they don't want to accept it because it came from from Gentiles. And so it's it's a beautiful prayer. Verse 32, said so that by God's will. I may come to you with joy and together with you be refreshed. The God of peace be with you all. Amen. Amen. So that by God's will I may come to you with joy. Again, um, you know, it is the will of our Father that wherever we go, we come with joy, right? But again, it's sometimes it's hard to be joyful if you're trying to deliver a blessing and people are like, nope, don't want it. Came from Gentiles, or if someone's trying to kill you, that can steal a brother's joy, right? So that by God's will, I may come to you with joy and together with you, be refreshed. We ought to be refreshed when we're together, right? In community with other believers, the God of peace be with you all. Verse 33, amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, that you are the God of peace. We thank you that Lord Jesus, you are our peace. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you lead us into the peace of Jesus Christ, our Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy on our lives. We ask you to help us to be praying Christians, to pray for one another. We ask you, Father, to, to help us just to, to be excited about what we're doing in our lives, but to, to make sure we keep in confidence, Lord, things that people have told us in confidence. And we ask you to help us, Father, convict us, Holy Spirit, to be, to be generous to those who are, who are more needy than we are. Father, we love you and we bless you, Lord Jesus. We worship you and we thank you. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal this message to our hearts now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.